welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and I am sitting here with the Sultan of Smoke, Mr. Shane Reeves. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm very excited. Um, been excited to do the show all day. We started recording a little earlier in the week, and it just really works for me. It does me too. It, the best part about it is it gives me an excuse to go into my boss's office and say, hey, I got to leave about 30 minutes early. And no problem. So I get I get to walk out of work a little early, light up a good cigar, hang out with some friends. I'm even already here for the poker game tonight. Well, and the poker game tonight is a very special game. I am going for four wins in a row, an unparalleled record. Well, see, I haven't been playing in a while, so I may up- upset you this week. You may very well, but let's light some cigars real quick and talk Let- about life. Let's do it. I know you're really excited about what you're smoking this week. So I am smoking the El Huawense. This is the wise man. Say that five times fast. Well, I'm glad they had a pronouncer in there because it's spelled <laughs> G-U-E-G-U-E-N-S-E. But it's pronounced Wawense. Ah. And that's, it's actually a famous Spanish play. Foundation Cigar creates this cigar. It was blended by Nicolas Melillo after he left Drew Estate. The packaging plays tribute to the play. It is a Churchill um, size that I'm smoking tonight. The wrapper is Corojo. Nicaraguan binder and filler, Esteli, Nicaragua, of all places. So really excited about this smoke. I think this is going to be right up my alley tonight. So what are you fixing to fire up? So I'm going to be smoking a cigar that I, I, I can't remember if I've ever smoked this cigar before, or if I have, it's been a long time. It's the La Aurora 107 Maduro. Uh, I'm smoking the Toro size, as I want to do, which... You know, I don't think we've ever featured it before, but it's right at eight bucks, so it's a great affordable smoke. Uh, everybody I've talked to that smoked it has says that it's going to be has said that it's going to be right in my wheelhouse in terms of my palate. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, which you don't see a whole lot of, but when I when I do get my hands on it, such as the Tennessee Waltz uh, and a couple of the Tatuajes, I always really enjoy it. So I'm looking forward. And then the it's just got Dominican Corojo binder and Dominican and Nicaraguan filler. So it's kind of all over the place. It's a good blend of a bunch of different regions and tobaccos and stuff. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. For an inexpensive cigar that's statistically going to deliver, it's hard to beat La Aurora. They're never going to be too peppery. They're never going to be too spicy. But they're always going to have a great flavor profile. Well, and you've been smoking the 404, the 420, what is it? The DNA. Wow, I was way off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you've been smoking a lot of those lately. Yeah, those, uh, well, for one, I've won poker every night that I've smoked one, so you know I've got to smoke one tonight. But I've also been just been a good go-to smoke for me. I had one out by the fire pit the other night. It's fall here. The weather's getting perfect to set out by the fire pit. Had one out there the other night. Have just had a a really good run with that cigar been one of my favorites so moving forward when last we left you trey was headed into the wild unknown yes i was um so a- anyone who's talked to me in the last couple of weeks who's known i've been going on this camping trip knows that this is christmas for me i my the weekend i go camping it, we go the first weekend of october every year 
the trip itself has been in place for 24 years. I've been going for 11. This is a big deal. This is my favorite vacation of the year. This is my happy place. We go to this little this little campsite in Cherokee National Forest up in East Tennessee. It's an hour and a half outside of cell service, if that tells you anything. The last 10 miles of the trip are on gravel, you know, up and down through the mountains. It's a wonderful place. We pull up to the campsite, and there's a lock and a gate and a chain and a sign that says closed for season. <laughs> My heart, as well as everyone in my parties, broke at the sight of this. We've never encountered, like I said, 24 years, same weekend, same place, never run into this before. It was brutal. And on top of that, all of the other campsites in the area, most of them had RVs, so they weren't the kind of camping we do. Like I said, we're rustic tent, cook over the fire. We don't do this RV crap. And so the other places that were still open all allowed RVs. And then what few places that didn't, I don't know if you heard about this, but there was a Navy test plane, test flight crash in the area at the beginning of the week last week that closed off half of the park while they try and recover the pieces and bits from the plane. And so for public safety, they actually closed half of the park as well. So, dejected, we, we drive down off the mountain. At this point, it's dark. So, we stay in a hotel, which seven guys <laughs> checking into three hotel rooms <laughs> in the middle. And this place, I'll have to show you a picture of it. There's a tub in the middle of the room. Like, it's one of those kind of places. Oh, yeah. What's really weird is it was a king bed and a twin bed in the room. I, I guess that's for the producer of the film or... <laughs> <laughs> grip. Key grip. <laughs> the key grip. Um, key grip is very important in those type of situations. Yes, it is. And so it, it was funny, too, because Teleco Plains, the little city, the little town that we were in, is known for bikers. A lot of motorcycle, because of, uh, of the roads out there are fun. And, and so everywhere we went, well, and there's great trout fishing up there, too. So everywhere we went, so you guys on motorcycles? Nope. You guys fish? Nope, we're just here to... Ca- they must have thought it was a NAMBLA convention or something coming through. <laughs> but so we ended up not getting to... We go back out the next day, and that's when we discovered that there was nowhere else to go. We ended up having to rent a cabin out there uh, for the remainder of the weekend. So we still had a good time. We played some cards and, and hung out. Uh, I, I got to smoke my Liga A that I got from the barn smoker, which was phenomenal. And... Uh, I'll tell another story in a second, but, you know, so, but it wasn't camping, you know, so. Well, you like the primitive camping and, and there's, that's one of the great things. There's so many levels to camping nowadays. You can make it as complicated or as easy as you would like from having an RV with satellite radio and satellite dish reception and the direct TV full NFL package all the way down to a tent in the woods with no cell service. And that's, yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things I love about it. I have a really hard time unplugging from my phone, you know, and it was kind of, and and I think that was a big part of it for me too, is because everyone else that I went with is married. 
So they, of course, couldn't just say, oh, we still didn't have cell service. They kind of, you know, that, that, that bad things would have happened to a lot of people. If we, so, because I, I would have preferred it if we just said, okay, well, let's just pretend we still don't have cell service and just no phones for the weekend like it should be. But instead, we didn't. And so there was, you know, I even posted a little bit to, face, to Instagram, stuff like that. So, I mean, but one of the things I do love about that trip is the fact that it forces you to unplug. It's even hard to get satellite radio signal down in the valley where we usually are. Um, well, I'm sorry that your camping trip didn't turn out exactly as planned, but now you did smoke your Liga. I did, and I actually had a really cool experience with... So I always bring cigars. Uh, I usually bring enough to share. I didn't this year. Uh, just because of the timing of everything, I wasn't able to, to stock up like I normally do. Because um, I, I tend to do like you do. I buy a couple extra for about a month out so that it's not just dropping 100 bucks before the weekend. And so my dad and my uncle don't smoke cigars, uh, but they will always smoke one or at least try whatever I'm smoking while we're there every year. That's been kind of the tradition to this point. And one of the things that was really cool is one of the cigars I brought this year was the Enclave by A.J. Fernandez. That is a fantastic cigar. I really, really love that cigar. And so I'm smoking that on Saturday or Friday night, actually. And my uncle, as he always does, so, all right, let me try it. Every time I light up a new cigar, he's like, let me try it. And he said, don't tell me what that is, because that's the best cigar you've ever brought on this trip. And if, if I could have that, I would enjoy cigars if it were that cigar. So don't tell me what it is, because I would want to <laughs> smoke it more. And that, to me, I mean, obviously, I didn't make the cigar. I didn't roll it. I just brought it. But that gave me such... Yeah, you know, anytime you get to share the experience with somebody and to have them ha- come away with that type of feeling, it, it just feels good. Well, it's one of the joys. You know, I, I smoked my Liga this weekend. Um, it was WWE Hell in a Cell, and all the guys and I were sitting out on the back porch watching wrestling, smoking cigars Sunday night, and I lit up my Liga A. But to your point, one of the things all the guys always say, hey, do I say, anybody want a cigar? Yeah, I'd like one. What do you want? Just pick one. Yeah, because they all know that I'm pretty much going to put them on, and I, one of our friends that comes to the shop here, Ryan, I gave him an Indian motorcycle, and then our guest from a couple of weeks ago, I gave him an Undercrown Shade, Jay, mm-hmm. and they both just loved it. And there's nothing better than that feeling of giving somebody a cigar that they really, really love. And I really, you know, I had another experience at the end of last week or the week prior. Uh, after we recorded, so I haven't talked about it yet, but I, I came into this shop with a friend of mine who smokes cigars, but not nearly with the frequency that I do. And we actually hadn't ever sat down and smoked a cigar together. So I was like, all right, we we had a we each had a meeting that we had to do after work, and so we we're like, all right, we'll get together in the same neighborhood and and we'll and, and we'll get together and we'll smoke a cigar. And, and we walk in the humidor, and he goes, ah, what do I want? And he's like, what's something really nice? And so I showed him the uh, the Anniver- the Padron 26, and I said, "You, it doesn't get better than that in here." And so he picked one up. He goes, "All right, I'm going to smoke that." And I was like, "All right, it's going to be that kind of evening, huh?" And so he loved it. And then after that, he's like, "All right, I'm I'm going to do two tonight." So I put him on an Oliva G, and he enjoyed that one just as much. And it's always really rewarding when I, you know, I don't really know much about this guy in terms of what he eats and his palate and stuff like that, but I, I could just kind of figure it. And he was really happy with both of the selections. And that's one of those things that makes me feel really good. 
Well, and some things are universal. A good cigar is a good cigar. Now, a strong cigar is a strong cigar, and you have to like strong cigars to smoke that. And a peppery cigar, you have to like pepper. But just a good, well-balanced cigar, like we're talking about, like a little Aurora. Yeah. Like most of the stuff they make. I mean, how's I imagine if I had to guess right now, it's got a good full flavor to it. It's full-bodied, and there's no pepper, no spice, nothing coming out of nowhere on it. Yeah, there's, there's very little of that type of flavor. It's a very earthy, very well-balanced cigar. Uh, I do believe I've had this before. Now that I'm tasting it, it's bringing back some memory for me. So, but I am definitely enjoying it. And then, of course, I had the heartbreak this weekend of a bad cigar. Mm. And there's nothing more heartbreaking than when you make time to smoke a cigar and you end up getting a bad one. It is. And it's, you know, and as much as we say there's no shame in putting a bad cigar down, it is easier said than done to walk away from a bad cigar. Well, especially the one I'm about to. So this, uh, about two years ago, Nish Patel came to the store here and I bought a box of Edge Howitzers, seven by seventies. And when I first smoked them, they were great. And I said, well, I can't wait to age them. Well, last year I lit one, and it was flat. I didn't have any flavor, no profile from it. I thought, that's weird. That must have been a bad cigar. Pulled out another one this weekend, had some time in the beautiful weather to really sit down and get into a cigar of that size, and I had to throw it away. Really? Something about the age on that cigar has totally flattened it out. Well, I wonder, I mean, most of the spicy, peppery cigars like niche tends to blend I don't really give those a chance to age very much so I wonder if it has something to do with that the the particular I mean I Nicaraguan tobacco ages fine so I know it's not that I wonder if it's something about that particular blend or or what I don't know I've got about three left and I'll be interested to see if they keep going, you know, if they keep dwindling, there'll be no point in smoking them. I'll use them as firewood. <laughs> no, they are a seven by seventy after all. But they just absolutely had no no flavor, and I've never had that happen. I always have cigars get better with age. That's the first cigar I've ever had get worse with age. Yeah, I've never I've never heard of that. And you said it's got about two years of age on it at this point. About two years old at this point. And I wonder if it's something to do with it being a seven by seventy and being the the edge, of course, is the bargain side of yeah. the Rocky Patel line. I wonder if there's more filler and the filler's mellowing. I don't know. I don't know what's causing that. I mean, I could understand that to a point just because those. I tend to think that you don't get nearly as much flavor out of a bigger cigar as you do a smaller one. You know, that's just been my experience. So there's definitely some, some possibility that maybe that the size is what limited its ability to age well is that you're just getting more of that binder and filler flavor and you were losing some of the nuances from the wrapper on that it it must be something because it was absolutely dead if you're out there listening and you've ever got a hold of a cigar that just died on you that did not age put put an instagram post or a facebook post up for us i'd really like to know that i'm not the only one that this has ever happened to (laughs) because <laughs> I got to think that there's something wrong in my humidor if that happened. But, I mean, the cigar next to it tasted fine. Yeah. And I'll, I actually smoked a couple from that quadrant of the humidor just to be sure that everything was still like it should be. But if it keeps dying, I may try my hand at flavoring them. I may try some of the techniques because there's a lot of techniques out there for flavoring cigars with cognac, with different things like that. If, if it hasn't got no flavor, what have I got to lose? Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, you could... 
I know there's even some companies out there that sell those tiny little barrels now where you can you know do your own barrel aging and, and whiskey barrels and bourbon and things like that i wonder if it and they say that you can age them just the same as they do in the big batches so maybe there's something in it i'll have to give it a shot and all so moving forward and i'll kind of talking about our weekend and this is the best time of year to be a cigar smoker is there any better time than October in Tennessee to be a cigar smoker? Although it's been such a, a bipolar October, September. I mean, the weather's gone from insanely hot to really unseasonably cool, lots of rain, dry. It's all over the place. And the weather this week has been just absolutely perfect. So got a lot of feedback last week. My wife and I were talking about, we listened to the show, and we were talking about the... Um, Cutters, we spoke about using cutters for beginners. Yes. And I do think next week I'm going to post a video. We'll post one on our Facebook page of how to cut a cigar with a bad cutter. I think I'm ready to take that challenge, and I think you're going to have to, t- I'm going to throw down the gauntlet here, <laughs> stand back. If you hear a large, long clank, that's what it is. I want you to do a video showing how you can effectively light a cigar under 10 seconds. And I don't want you lighting a petite Corona no, either. No, I'll, I'll light a Toro, but it can be done, I assure you. I, I want to see a video of this. We'll You're going to have to hold the stopwatch because I don't want to drop another cigar. Uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll have a timer in the corner and all. But I think we need, I want to post a few videos like that. And I want y'all's feedback on stuff you'd like to see, cigar skills that you would like to see us post on. Um, there's so many nuances that once you see the physicality of it, it really makes a world of difference because... I'm a watcher of people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things to do is to watch people and to see people's, not just how they interact, but their physical habits. Um, my buddy and I, we sat on the treadmill this week and we finally got it all worked out, the Crystal Gale scale of crazy women and hair. Okay. And, uh, and you haven't showed me a picture of your lady friend yet, so I don't know where she falls on the Crystal Gale scale. But... Generally, a lady with hair from about the shoulders to about the bottom of her shoulder blade is pretty sane. Okay. The ultra-short hair tends to get towards soccer moms, serious athlete. Those worry me. Those really scare me. There's a, I think, surely everyone has seen it by now, the picture online, that the, the soccer mom haircut, the one that's really short in the back and kind of goes up with the bangs to the side. It says the official haircut of I want to speak to your manager. Is that the kind of what you're talking exactly. about? Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, generally on these scales, it's a sliding spectrum, and you think, okay, so the longer the hair, the less crazy they are. No, it gets down to the butt area, and when, you're, you're all the way on the other side. Exactly. When you cross the Crystal Gale line, that's what we forever call it, mid-back. Is, when you go this past must mid-back. be a reference that is, that is going over my head. What's the Crystal Gale? You don't know who Crystal Gale I is? I don't. The benefits of a classical education. <laughs> 1970s musician. Okay. <laughs> and all from many, many years back. But she had the super long, I've got to part it to go to the bathroom hair. Oh. <laughs> and all. So that, that's the Crystal Gale line. I'm now being sued by the state of Crystal Gale. But that's the Crystal Gale line is right about mid-back. Once they progress beyond mid-back, then you get back to crazy. Okay. So ideally, it's shoulder length to bottom of the shoulder blade. Okay. And, uh, and then there's a, little, uh, there's a little fuzz area in there. But just mark my words, these are the things that I think about while smoking cigars and watching people. <laughs> these are my people-watching thoughts. 
I would I would love to know where where that where how that came about. I, I'd love to know the the story behind the the level of crazy that you've seen at both into the. I, I don't can't say that I've ever known anybody who was beyond the Crystal Gale line. Uh, at least not off the top of my head. Well, it's kind of like the gentleman we've seen at the barn smoker that had the beard that was about three foot long. Yeah, about it, down to his navel. Yeah, at some point, it's no longer hair, it's a lifestyle. At <laughs> some point, you've actually made the decision, I'm going to build my life around keeping grooming, yes. <laughs> grooming standards up. I no longer have a beard, my beard has me. That's right. So, moving forward, now that we've got past the Crystal Gale scale, we can take a short break. And when we come back, I do want to talk about, I've got some other topics, some other things I want to talk about. Um, Lighters are definitely in there because there's plenty of new lighters coming out. I do want to talk about cigar gimmicks. Okay. The gimmicks that different people use to sell cigars is always interesting to me. Oh, I thought you were talking about the shirkin. (laughs) (laughs) No, that that was a terrible investment. But moving forward, we'll talk about that when we get back from the break. Welcome back to the Cigar It's a well-oiled machine here tonight. That's right. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Trey Dedman. I missed the, missed the cue. This is Shane Reeves over here, always on top of things. Um, <laughs> You're lost in a sea of crystal gale, I think, is what's going on here. Uh, well, I turned my iPad back on, and that was the first thing that popped up. During the break, I had to show um, Trey who crystal gale was. This is and, Shane and Reeves. And you undersold it, too, because you said hair below. It was to the back of her knees. She could have sat on her butt and used it as a mop around the house. <laughs> and as one of our fellow cigar cigar aficionados did point out, she is Loretta Lynn's younger sister. Which, that, that person I have heard of. Have you even been to a ranch? <laughs> but moving forward, coming back to cigars and all. Um, so, the El Wawense, the wise man, has been a good cigar. Um... I don't think Tabernacle is ever going to be my favorite, or not Tabernacle, excuse me. Foundation. Foundation is ever going to be my favorite line of cigars. I love their Charter Oak, but most of their cigars, I don't care for the Tabernacle. And the Wise Man, I can take it or leave it. I don't know that their blend is to the taste of my palate. I really like, I really like the Charter Oak. The Tabernacle, I find to be a very, very good cigar. I don't know if it's very good at its price point, though. Well, like I said, the ones I've smoked have always tasted a little skunky. And I wonder if that's age, because they released that very, very quickly. They did, they did put them out in a hurry. But moving forward, trying to stay positive on the show. Right, of course, yeah. The El Wawense is still a good cigar. It's still dependable. Uh, price range twelve ninety nine, little stout for this particular smoke. And I think, and and Austin came over before we started recording and mentioned that he, you know, he knows my palate pretty well because we've been smoking together for a number of years. And he said that he thinks that that's going to be right up my alley. So I'm going to smoke it on the show next week, and and I'm going to give it a virgin review on the show. I'm not going to smoke it before then. So we'll see what see what I think of it. 
He's calling his shot, folks. Stand back. He's calling his shot. <laughs> now, someone's going to have to remind me that I said that when I go into the humidor next week before the show, because I will forget between now and then. Are we going to have to hire an assistant? Yes. I need an admin. And I need a gentleman's gentleman. I would like to have a, a gentleman's... Valet? Yeah, a valet. I'd like to have somebody... Uh, Mr. Reeves, do you have your cell phone today? Is Be sure all my batteries are charged. See, this is the difference. Used to, they would give you a shave and help you tie your tie and pick out your clothing, be sure your belt matched your shoes. Now we need somebody that can keep my batteries charged, can keep my appointments booked, can figure in travel time along with traffic. Set your ways. Yeah. (laughs) We we really need a gentleman's gentleman's service in this world today. I think that's the self-driving car. I think it just sends you a notification to your phone. Hey, I'm, I'm leaving in five minutes, with or without you. As long as it doesn't <laughs> grumble about me smoking in the back. That's right. As long as it doesn't get into any of that. But Sir, on. my seats. Think of the resale value. <laughs> so coming it, rolls out, it rolls down all the windows when you light the lighter. I'm afraid I can't let you do that, Shane. <laughs> one of the great, and one of the greatest things you can have if you're going to be a cigar smoker in your vehicle is a sunroof. Absolutely. The sunroof, um, the truck I have now currently does not have a sunroof. The one I had before this does, and the difference is so dramatic when it comes to enjoying a cigar. It really is. Just just drawing the smoke out. It's not even to do with the residual smell so much. It's just getting, I was smoking a cigar on my way down here this evening and just had the one window down because I was on the phone, and you could see the smoke sort of building up in the other areas of the car and I hate that but sometimes it just you know it's been kind of rainy here today so I didn't want to just go you know the full south beach you know all four windows down plus it's not quite that warm so something I want to touch on this week last week we talked about the best cutters for beginners Mm -hmm. Um, if you're just starting cigar smoking what are the most idiot proof cutters for lack of a better phrase right um, I guess we should say user-friendly. Yeah, the most user-friendly. What would be the most user-friendly lighter? What would you recommend for someone just starting cigars to put a light on their cigar? Because there's, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. You know, do you go soft flame? Do you go single jet? Do you go triple jet? Do you go quad jet? I want your thoughts on that. Well, as the resident accessory guru here, uh, I, as you could imagine, have some pretty strong feelings on the matter. For a beginning cigar smoker, I think there's a couple of things. I I personally love a soft flame lighter. However, it's really hard to get a soft flame lighter in what I would consider to be a beginner's price point. You're going to have a hard time finding a soft flame lighter, a good soft flame lighter, for under 50 bucks. Um, I know you've got one that you didn't pay quite that much for. Um, Was that about a $40 lighter? Yeah, about 40 and I hate it passionately. Right, so... So I, I do prefer the soft flame for all things, but as a beginner, it's going to be really hard to drop that kind of coin on a lighter. I think that, but what's nice about it is if you also smoke a pipe or think that you might get into that, you can use it for both. Whereas with a torch, you're never going to be able to use that with a pipe because it's going to scorch and burn your, your pipe. It's going to ruin your pipe. Well, and I do want to remind people, when we do say soft flame lighter, we need to say butane soft flame lighter. And that was going to be my next point, which is, so you would think I would say Zippo, because they're cheap and they're everywhere. Problem is, they use a liquid uh, uh, fuel that, say what you will, some people believe it, some people don't. I personally do believe that that liquid fuel does taint the 
flavor of the cigar. I can taste it for the entirety of that cigar if I've used like a Bic or a Zippo or something like that. So my recommendation is to go to the the discount wall. You know, every, every cigar shop has a, a wall of relatively inexpensive lighters. Your Vertigos, for example, your Vortex or... Is that right? Vortex? Yeah. Um, get a dual flame torch for 30 bucks or less. It's going to be an absolute workhorse for you. They are solid, and you're going to get the best of both worlds in terms of fuel efficiency and flame coverage when you're lighting your cigar. Uh, if you're smoking anything above 52 ring gauge, a single flame, I, I don't have a problem with it. But I can see as you're trying to develop those skills, it might be a little, it take take you a while, might end up in some uneven lights, things like that. Uh, dual flame is going to give you the fuel efficiency of a single torch, but it's going to have a lot closer to the coverage that a triple flame was will. But a triple flame in its own right can be a little unwieldy just because of the sheer amount of uh, heat that it puts out and if you're not used to kind of where to put the lighter you can scorch the end of a bunch of cigars before you figure it out well and to that point would you say to start with matches absolutely um, I, I I started with matches I started back when you could buy strike anywhere matches <laughs> um, and I think that's definitely the way to go because I think you learn so much about how to light a cigar by having to control the flame to get it lit before. Now, now there's something we need to time. How long does an average match last before it burns your fingers? Because I ha- can't believe it's much more than 10 seconds, which would make me believe that that stands up to my position that you can light a cigar in under 10 seconds. Empirical evidence at best, but I'll, <laughs> we'll, we will conduct this experiment at some point. But also, be sure you get sulfur-free matches. Right, and most of so- the... Yeah, the sulfur-free match is going to be very important to keep you from getting any of that residual taste, the same as we talk about using a butane lighter rather than a gas lighter. And most of the matches that you're going to get at your cigar shop, like behind the counter whenever you buy a cigar or whatever, those are going to be uh, sulfur-free most of the time. And also, they're going to, in a lot of cases, also be the sticks made out of cedar. And if you can get... If you can manipulate a cedar spill without burning the cigar shop down, that would be a good place to go kind of for that step up. Because I always have a set of cedar spills, and I always enjoy lighting a cigar off of one. But it is a dexterity. You're adding another step, and it is another kind of muscle memory skill that can be because you've got to hold the cigar, the match, and the cedar spill, and you've got to get it all kind of coordinated. That can be, it can be a little unwieldy. But I think the difference that it can that it can make uh, definitely definitely is worth the effort, especially if you're smoking a cigar a little bit on the higher end. I do think you know part of it's probably psychological, but I do think there's some benefits to it. Well, and I've a lot of cigars, and especially if I'm sitting around a campfire, I'm always going to set a twig or something on fire. I'm never going to use a lighter around my campfire to light a cigar. I always like to light it off of some sort of wood. And I typically will do that as well, typically on a camping trip. <laughs> when, you're, when you're not glamping. Yeah. Oh, those <laughs> fighting words. Uh, when I'm sitting around the campfire, typically we'll take the poker, and by the end of the first night, you know, we've got one that'll catch pretty easily, and I'll typically end up using that. Well, and... So, and the cedar spills, just be sure you put them totally out before you drop them into the communal ashtray. 
Or at the very least, just make sure it's an empty ashtray. I've, I've seen numerous fires put out by a combination of quick thinking and profanity in a cigar shop. You'd be amazed how quickly you can put out a fire with profanity. <laughs> you just take the air out of it. That's right. But moving forward, yeah, I do think so. The summary is start with matches. Start with matches. For your first lighter, though, there is something about buying your first lighter. It kind of legitimizes your hobby as being something that you're going to stick with. Because it's, I mean, how often do you use a lighter in your everyday life outside of smoking cigars? I mean, there's just really not a whole lot of use for them as much anymore, except for maybe lighting your grill. But you're probably going to use like one of those long sticks for that. So get something that you're going to enjoy using. And for me, that's a, that's a double flame. In the, in the torch arena. Well, you know, I currently carry a quad flame. I carry the big, the Lotus Colossus. I carry the quad flame. But I do smoke a lot of larger ring gauge cigars. Mm-hmm. You know, when I lit the battalion that wouldn't burn, or the, excuse me, the howitzer. I've been thinking the dead battalion for all day, but it's a howitzer. <laughs> when I lit the dead howitzer, it was well done with the four, with the four flames. Mm-hmm. And all, now, they also make the flames side-by-side side in lieu of parallel. They do. Uh, on, on your triple flames, and I've, never, I've not seen it with a quad jet. I haven't seen them in a row, but I have seen it on the triple flames. And if I am going to use a triple flame, I do prefer that because it does, they usually angle the outside jets in towards the center, so you get a kind of a triangular shape. So depending on where you hold the fire, you can get a, a different type of light. Well, I also want to go ahead and let's catch our cigar under $8. All right. And tonight I'm doing, actually one of our friend Jay Beaver, one of his favorite cigars is the new Gilberto Oliva. Um, great smoke. Just came out from Oliva this year. Uh, the stick price, 7 by 50 $6.40. I had one after the show this year, and it was it blew me away. I, I was, it, It's hard to blow me away when it comes to new cigars these days, but... I think with with my newfound appreciation for Oliva, or my rekindled appreciation for Oliva cigars, the the Gilberto really really uh, maximized everything that I was looking for out of that cigar. I had one. I enjoyed it. I thought it was well made, and so construction is king for me. Now everybody will say flavor is king, but I don't care how good the flavor is. If the cigar is falling apart in my hand, if it's coming unraveled, if the cap's not holding good, if the ash is falling off every three puffs, that's not a good cigar. I don't care if the flavor is brilliant. I want construction. And we've talked about that ad nauseum on the show before. Is is I'm the same way. I think give me give me a cigar where the flavor's not quite there. I'll I'll try it for the whole length of the cigar. Give me a cigar where the construction's not there. I'll put it out faster than anything. Yeah, you've absolutely got to... When you're creating a quality product, when you're creating a handcrafted product, there's a reason we don't buy cigars at Walmart. Right. Um, You want the quality control to be there. You want the draw. Um, The draw is an essential part of that. Uh, one of the reasons I love Don Pedro Gonzalez's cigars, he takes his draw very personal. Mm-hmm. Pedro is very, very fanatical that his draw is always going to be perfect when you pick up one of his cigars. And I think that's huge. But coming back to Cigar Under 8, these Gilberto Olivas are a great price point. And they've got about four different sizes, I think. Um, actually, I'm looking at uh, one, two, three, four, five, ten sizes. 
Whoa. Because they've got the Gilberto Reservo Blanc and the Gilberto oh, okay. Reserva. Oh, okay. So, and I assume the Blanc would be the Madu- more Maduro. I would expect sun-grown. that to be the other way around. You would think so? Blanco think th- meaning white. I would think it would be the lighter of the two. That's true. You're, you are probably 100% correct there. <laughs> but the... Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> yes, that's one. <laughs> and uh, so... Talk to, I'm going to talk to people about saving money on cigars real quick. Okay. Groupon is a great place to save money on cigars. Where's Austin? He is going to give you so much hell about this. Oh, yeah. Well, if you on the CigarCast Facebook page, you've seen I posted earlier this week a deal from Groupon where you basically paid $25 and got $50 worth of cigars at Casa de Monte Cristo. That's an amazing deal. That's half off of your cigars. But that's not the first or even the fifth Groupon deal. Once I once I got on the Cigar of the Month Club for like 50 bucks for a year mm-hmm. on Groupon. So watching Groupon, typing in Cigar there, you'll be amazed at the sort of things you'll find. Now, I want to issue this disclaimer. If you buy your cigars online, smoke them online. Do not bring them into a shop. Even if it's a cigar you bought at another shop, so you go to Casa de Monte Cristo to, to, buy, to buy the actual cigars. Either smoke them there or at home on your porch. Don't bring them into another shop. That is considered very tacky. That's one of those rules that shouldn't have to be a rule. It should, but I see it every day. Oh, it drives me nuts. I don't know why. To me, that would be the ultimate disrespect. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to come in and I'm going to use your Wi-Fi and take up your space and use your air conditioning and I'm going to buy a cigar. Right. I just... I mean, it's the same thing if you go to Starbucks. You're not going to sit there without buying anything. You're not going to bring McDonald's or Dunkin's coffee in Starbucks and use their Wi-Fi. You're just not going to do it, so don't do it at your cigar shop. Even if it is, even if it's because you're saving $2, then great. Smoke the cheaper cigar at home and then and then pay retail when you're in a retail establishment. All right, Judge Trey, we are now in cigar court. I would Guilty. Like- <laughs> no. I would like to pre- I would like to present the court for an exception. Say I have a really high class cigar that you they, have a really high class cigar. Okay, thank you. <laughs> that they don't sell here at Crown Cigars, and I want to enjoy that. And I'm going to be here for the Super Bowl. I'm going to be buying a couple of stuff. And say I go ahead and purchase one of their sticks, even though I'm going to smoke that stick on my front porch at a later date. Can I smoke my high-class, highfalutin cigar in the lounge? So I have, I have two answers to this. Let's say, let's say it is something like the Super Bowl or a, a very, very special event that isn't a cigar event. Exactly. I'll, go, I'll grant you that. Then I think that's acceptable as long as you're still... Now, depending on the cigar and how familiar you... Or depending on the shop and how much of a regular you are there the proprietor may still charge you a cutting fee for that even if you purchased a cigar there be just be aware that that could happen if you're a pretty frequent regular like we are here at crown you're probably not going to run into that as much i say that's okay okay now i'm going to challenge your definition further well i'm sorry you had two answers my other is let's say it's not Let's say you got a cigar that you couldn't get at this shop, but that's a really nice special limited edition, like a TAA edition of something or whatever it is. Bring one for the proprietor as well. Oh, grease the wheels. Yes. So, hey, I got a hold of this. Super rare, super exclusive. I got you one. Let's smoke it together. 
then you're good. You know, a little bribery goes a long way. It really, life. especially in the cigar industry, when everyone's so excited to try new stuff, and you, when you can share that experience with someone, it, it makes it goes a long way. Now, I'm going to challenge your definition further. It happened here at the shop. A bunch of us regulars were here watching the national championship game in Alabama was playing. And this is a big Alabama shop, even though we're in Tennessee. There's still a ton of Alabama fans. One of the gentlemen had been down to, and we need to talk about this place sometime, in Tampa, to Cigar City, to Ybor City. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll make a point to talk about that on the show next week. But a very large cigar destination in Tampa is Ybor City. Mm -hmm. And he had brought boxes of Ybor City cigars back, cigars you can only buy there at Ybor City. And he opened them for the national championship game and asked everyone to have one, including the owner. Including myself. Including yourself. Very good cigars. It was. And he offered them to all of us. And the gentleman among us went in the humidor and bought a cigar. Mm -hmm. Uh, That night I actually bought a Angel Share. And, you know, a fairly expensive cigar because I was going to be there for several hours. Yeah. Is that cool? It. So I think... I think that's one of those things where you, again, I think you go to the proprietor and say, look, it's a special event. This is a special thing. You know, I'd like to do this for the crew that's here. And especially in a situation, now, this shop in particular, most of the people who were there that night are regulars. There were very few people who got those cigars who were here that weren't regulars. So I think that makes a difference as well. The other thing I would say is to make sure that you follow one of our other protocols for gifting a cigar in a cigar shop is give the person the opportunity to purchase from the shop first before you offer the gift. Yeah, never say, don't, no, no, don't buy that. I got one for you. Yeah, exactly. So I think in that scenario where everyone's already kind of enjoying a cigar, everyone's been there for maybe 30 minutes or whatever and and has, has made a purchase, has kind of settled in, then you offer this special cigar as the second cigar or, you know, as, a, as an accompaniment to the evening, I think you're okay there. Well, and so those are special occasions. You know, we always talk about how you shouldn't be um, bringing other cigars into shops, but those, those are special exceptions, as every good rule has a few exceptions. And I do think as the fir- as a, that's a very sound quality you have as a judge to encourage bribery. But <laughs> I do think that's really great. Now, I have some... Uh, We've talked about cigars all night. I've got to talk about a life issue that is deeply troubling me. Okay. What happened to Up Yours? I think it got replaced by F.U. Well, did you... When was the last... You know, when I was growing up, Up Yours was a very popular insult, very popular thing that people said. But I got to thinking about it the other day. I think somewhere around 94, Up Yours died. (laughs) How did that happen? Is this something that's still in your vernacular that you just... No, I haven't said it to anybody in years, but I rarely ever have the need to say that. It's a good one for traffic. It's the same reason I don't flip people off in traffic. I, I shake the fist because no one does that anymore. And just give them one of these. Like, like an old man, you get off my lawn, you know, oh. kind of thing. Okay. Well, I was just wondering. I didn't know if... <laughs> I would like to pinpoint the day up yours died. I really would because this is... Linguistics is very interesting to me. Now, what you need to do is you need to bring back sit on it. <laughs> well, okay. And spin ruined sit on it. When people started saying sit on it and spin, too much direction. 
<laughs> let's keep it simple. Let's keep let's keep our insults brief, if not innovative. Okay, so it's the it's the and it's the extra piece of it. That's right. The the adding to it when people start adding to it. And up yours was great because you never knew exactly what you were supposed to put up where. <laughs> so it was semi ambiguous. Well, maybe it died with up your nose with a rubber hose. Maybe that's what killed it. It got a little too complicated for you. But it may be. It'll be interesting. I need to study how how insults die. The etymology die. of up yours. <laughs> yeah, how do insults die? They, they die. It's like a joke. A joke dies when you have to explain it. Perhaps an insult dies when you have to add your own touches to it. That's right. When it's too... It's the, probably not appropriate for the show. So, but, you know... So I, I won't go into the, but you know, douchebag is is one that that I've seen a lot of people. Boy, I'm glad you weren't going into that. Well, I'm not going into <laughs> the the variants, but I'm going to say that is one that I have heard personal variants, very variants on uh, running the gamut from oh yeah, from, whistles and yeah, um, yeah, nozzles, nozzles and yes, so. Uh, I think I think you're exactly. I think when you start getting into to that that I've got to put my own spin on this. That's where you start to lose people. Well, and one day on the show, I would like to take the time to teach people how to tell a joke. So you know your famous joke that some people don't know how to tell a joke. Some people literally do not know how to tell a joke. They just don't seem to have it in them. Well, I, I told a joke this weekend that laid really flat. And just just didn't go over well. And my, my favorite punchline against me is always is always well that wasn't funny, but at least the delivery was terrible. <laughs> now you have to tell the joke. I don't I don't even remember it. It was such a throwaway. But oh, such a terrible joke. It was it was a one liner or something kind of like that. But you're right. It, the the ability to tell a joke and it's funny because tell and I think we've talked about this on the show before is the ability to tell a joke. Is is one of those things that you have to take very you have to use very carefully because as soon as one person in a cigar shop tells one joke, that's the rest of the evening for everybody in your because everyone has a joke and then that one reminds someone else of one and it, and it just becomes this snowball effect of really bad jokes that we've all heard before. And bringing this back to etiquette, don't ruin the punchline. If you know the punchline, I'm proud of you. Don't add your own. Don't ruin the punchline for my joke. That always drives me nuts. Oh, me too. Especially because the perfect thing to do, even if they say, if you heard it, just laugh. Because if it's a good enough joke that you're thinking of the punchline, it's obvious. It's, it should be fairly funny. Go ahead and laugh. Let the person know that you know the joke. And if there's more people around, just sit quietly. I would argue that joke telling is actually our oldest form of spoken word history in the English language. <laughs> Because, I mean, it's literally passed down from person to person. It's literally, you know, my uncle taught me most of the jokes I know. We all have that crazy uncle. Right. If you don't, it, that means it's you. <laughs> uh, so he passed down so many great jokes to me, and I memorized them verbatim and the hand gestures and the moves and the way. And when I taught my nephew how to tell a joke, I explained to him, okay, just like we talk about cutters and lighters, this is the skill level of joke I want you to start at. Start with the chicken crossing the road and then work up to the figure eight pretzel hold. <laughs> Don't start with the figure eight pretzel hold because you'll never get it right. You've got to start low and work your way up. And you got to know the points. And it takes, there's a, the joke about um, Jacques the French fighter pilot. I, it took me telling that joke six times before I could get through it without laughing. <laughs> and you told me that joke. You shared that joke with me. I've never shared that joke with no one else because 
I could not possibly do it justice. That one's all in the delivery. It is. That one's all about the delivery. Yes, you have to have it all together. I do not possess the skill set to tell that joke. That is definitely a level of joke I do not possess. Well, if you have a great joke, I would love to hear it. Drop us a line, facebook.com slash thecigarcast, Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast, and as always, you can email us, info at thecigarcast.com. Shane, this has been a lot of fun tonight. It has, and it's time for me now to put on my hat and to stride manfully to the poker table and lay waste to all before me. Before you do, I've got a joke for you. (laughs) But for all of you listening at home, I apologize, but it is not safe for air. We will see you all next week. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 